Welcome to our study of 2 Kings. After a long break at the end of our study of 1 Kings, we are now coming back to look together at 2 Kings. Now, if you weren't a part of that study for 1 Kings, or if it's just been so long you've forgotten what we covered, don't worry, the beginning of 2 Kings is a great place to jump in. So let's do that. Let's look at 2 Kings together. We're going to look at chapter one, and we are at a pivotal moment in the story that 1 and 2 Kings is telling as a whole. First and second Kings, of course, go together. And at this breaking point between what we call first and second Kings, um, there are some transitions happening uh, in these early chapters or around this break between first and second Kings. But there's also uh, some significant uh, continuity, we could say. In other words, there's a there's a theme here in the first chapter of Second Kings that is consistent with what we see across both First and Second Kings. So let's look together at First uh, Kings chapter one. I'll point out two key transitions that are either um, beginning or soon to happen at this point in the book, and then most of our time will be focused on what the the theme is in chapter 1 that's consistent with 1st and 2nd Kings. So let's start with verse 1. It says, After the death of Ahab, Moab rebelled against Israel. Alright, so this is one key transition here taking place early in 1st Kings, excuse me, 2nd Kings, and that is the transition from King Ahab to a new king who's going to be named in verse 2, Ahaziah. Now, Ahab played a significant role in 1 Kings. He is an infamous king with an infamous wife. Jezebel was his wife. They were both idolaters, and uh, Ahab was um, mixed up with Elijah. Elijah, of course, was a prophet of God, is a prophet of God still at this point in 2 Kings. Um, he's not been taken up yet. That's coming soon. Uh, but Elijah was a prophet of God, and Ahab was an idolater. He was a rebel against God. And so Ahab and Elijah were at odds with one another. Of course, Ahab being the one who was in rebellion against God, Elijah being the one who was speaking on behalf of God. And so there was some Quite a bit of back and forth between Elijah and Ahab. Uh, you may recall the uh, showdown Elijah had with the prophets of Baal toward the end of the book of 1 Kings, where God showed that he was the true and living God when he uh, answered Elijah's prayer with fire, consuming the sacrifice and the water and so on, when uh, the prophets of Baal called to their God over and over and over and nothing ever happened. So Ahab died at the end, uh, or toward the end of, of, um, of 1 Kings, and uh, now there's a new king in Israel named Ahaziah, and verse 1 says that Moab rebelled against Israel. Now we're going to encounter that in more detail in chapter 3. It's just mentioned here. But we'll get more detail about that in chapter 3. It shouldn't surprise us, right? Because anytime there's a transition in power from one king to another, one president to another, um, there are going to be those 
you know, nations or groups or whoever who are going to sort of see what they can get away with in that transition. And so Moab is, uh, is rebelling against Israel uh, during this time of transition. Again, more about that in chapter 3. Uh, then verse 2 says, <clears throat> Now Ahaziah fell through the lattice in his upper chamber in Samaria and lay sick. So he sent messengers telling them, Go inquire of Baalzebub, the god of Ekron, whether I shall recover from this sickness. But the angel of the Lord said to Elijah the Tishbite, Arise, go up to meet the messengers of the king of Samaria, and say to them, Is it because there is no god in Israel that you are going to inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron? Now therefore, thus says the Lord, You shall not come down from the bed to which you have gone up, but you shall surely die. So Elijah went. Now, okay, the first transition was the death of one king and the beginning of another king's reign. The second transition doesn't happen quite yet, but it's going to happen in chapter 2. And that's the transition from Elijah to Elisha as the key prophet active in Israel. This is the last chapter where Elijah remains the key prophet active in Israel. In chapter 2, Elijah is going to be taken up into heaven and Elisha is going to take up his mantle. So that transition is coming in the next chapter. But the theme that uh, is all throughout this chapter and really all throughout First and Second Kings is the, the problem of idolatry. This is uh, the chief problem in Israel at this time and we see it in Ahaziah himself. Ahaziah, we're told, fell through the lattice in his upper chamber in Samaria and lay sick, verse 2. So he's, he's injured himself. He's had a bad fall and he's sick. And so he wants to know what's going to happen to him. Is he going to get recover? Is he going to die? What, what is going to be the outcome of this? But instead of seeking a prophet, to hear from the Lord, the God of Israel. Instead, he sends messengers uh, to inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron, another god, a foreign god, which we know is really no god at all. And so, an angel of the Lord, or the angel of the Lord, speaks to Elijah and tells him to go meet those messengers sent to the false god of Ekron. To go meet those messengers. And say to them, this is in verse 3, Is it because there is no God in Israel that you are going to inquire of Beelzebub, the God of Ekron? Right, why are you going over there? Is, is there not a God you can inquire of in Israel? There is a God you can inquire of in Israel. And in fact, he's the only real God. But Ahaziah doesn't inquire of him. Verse 4, Elijah is to tell the messengers, Now therefore, thus says the Lord, You shall not come down from the bed to which you have gone up, but you shall surely Die. So God pronounces uh, the death of Ahaziah through Elijah to the messengers. So verse 5 says, The messengers returned to the king, and he said to them, Why have you returned? Right? Why are you back so quickly? They hadn't gone very far, evidently. Um, and it's because Elijah intercepted them. Verse 6, And they said to him, There came a man to meet us and said to us, Go back to the king who sent you and say to him, Thus says the Lord, Is it because there is no God in Israel that you are, sin that you are sinning to inquire of Baalzebub, the god of Ekron? Therefore you shall not come down from the bed to which you have gone up, but you shall surely die. He said to them, 
What kind of man was he who came to meet you and told you these things? They answered him, He wore a garment of hair with a belt of leather about his waist, and he said, It is Elijah the Tishbite. All right, so um, Ahaziah is wrapped up in idolatry, just like Ahab was before him. Um, in fact, uh, at the end of 1 Kings, we were told Ahaziah, the son of Ahab, began to reign over Israel and Samaria uh, in the 17th year of Jehoshaphat. Uh, and it says, He did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and walked in the way of his father and in the way of his mother. That would be Ahab and uh, Jezebel. And in the way of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin, he served Baal and worshipped him and provoked the Lord, the God of Israel, to anger in every way that his father had done. So Ahaziah is doing the same kind of stuff that Ahab did. He's tangled up in idolatry. He's not seeking the one true God. He's seeking out a false God. And um, that problem, you know, is not new. It goes all the way back to the beginning of Israel when Israel was broken off. Uh, from uh, Judah when the kingdom was divided after the death of Solomon. Uh, Jeroboam set up two golden calves, uh, one in the north and one in the south, more or less, of Israel. And um, they've been dealing with that problem ever since, right? At least more or less, uh, if not consistently all that time. Um, And so um, Elijah tells him again that he's going to die. Um, and notice what's interesting. He, he brings back this message, or the messengers bring back this message from Elijah, but they don't name him, and the king says, who are you talking about? Who was this guy? And they describe him, and they say that he was wearing a garment of hair and a belt of leather about his waist, and the king says, I know exactly who that is. That must have been Elijah, Elijah the Tishbite. So evidently, this was a distinctive dress uh, that Elijah wore, this garment of hair and this leather belt. And that's interesting because in the New Testament, we're told this about John the Baptist. This is Mark 1.6. It says, Now John was clothed with camel's hair, and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. Now, why is it significant that John the Baptist was wearing camel's hair and a leather belt? Well, because John the Baptist is the fulfillment of the promise that God would send Elijah before the day of the Lord. In Malachi 4, verses 5 and 6, this is the very end of our Old Testament, it says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, the hearts of children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. So God's going to send Elijah, but we find out in the New Testament, it's not literally going to be, you know, Elijah himself come back, but John the Baptist fulfills the role of Elijah. He is the promised Elijah. Uh, In Luke chapter 1, when uh, we're being told about the, the coming birth of John the Baptist, It says, He will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and He will go before Him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And then Jesus even says in Matthew 11, 13-15, For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John, and if you are willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear let him hear. So even the way John the Baptist dresses signals that he is the Elijah who was promised to come 
Right, he's come to prepare the way of the Lord, and he's wearing the same distinctive dress that Elijah wore. That's how Elijah was recognized, and that is how John the Baptist um, is uh, supposed to be, uh, I would think, recognized as the Elijah. I would assume that's why he did that, to draw attention to the fact that this is who he was, right? Or to proclaim or to signal that he is uh, the promised Elijah. Now, um, one more thing uh, we want to notice um, about Elijah before we get to uh, talking about why the king is going to die. And that is uh, in verses 9 to 12. It says, Then the king sent to him, that is to Elijah, a captain of 50 men with his 50. So a captain over 50 with his 50 soldiers. And it says, He went up to Elijah who was sitting on the top of a hill and said to him, O man of God, the king says, Come down. But Elijah answered the captain of 50, If I am a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume you and your 50. Then fire came down from heaven and consumed him and his 50. Then verse 11, Again the king sent to him another captain of 50 men with his 50. And he answered and said to him, O man of God, this is the king's order. Come down quickly. But Elijah answered them, If I am a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume you and your 50. Then the fire of God came down from heaven and consumed him and his 50. So you got two groups of 50 men with captains over them who come and attempt to order Elijah in the name of the king to come down. Elijah not only refuses, but fire comes down from heaven and consumes these men. Why? What is going on here? Well, um, my guess is that the reason why this happens Right? And it doesn't really spell it out for us, but I think, I think this makes sense of what's going on here. That because Elijah is a prophet and God's spokesman, right, that he's not subject to the king who's in rebellion against God. In other words, when the king says, you need to come down here, Elijah is essentially saying, I answer to God and not to you. You are in rebellion against God. I'm speaking to you on behalf of God. You're not listening. And so I'm not going to do what you say. In fact, God is going to uh, bring down judgment um, on these soldiers who are trying to enact this, the rebellious king's decree. Right. And then second, um, because the soldiers were sent as a hostile force against the prophet, right? God is defending him too, right? It is in a sense like a, a, a judgment, right? I think on those who are, um, uh, you know, trying to execute the king's order, who again is, is rebelling against God and his prophet, um, but it's also a defense of Elijah, protecting him from uh, who knows what the king would have in mind to do with Elijah, probably uh, throw him in jail or perhaps even try to put him to death. Um, and uh, if we keep reading, we see that the, finally a, 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 a captain comes who's learned the lesson uh, that came from the first two. It says, verse 13, Again, the king sent the captain of a third fifty with his fifty. And the third captain of fifty went up and came and fell on his knees before Elijah and entreated him, O oh man of God, please let my life and the life of these 50 servants of yours be precious in your sight. In other words, please don't kill us. Behold, fire came down from heaven and consumed the two former captains of 50 men with their 50s. But now let my life be precious in your sight. Then the angel of the Lord said to Elijah, Go down with him, 
Do not be afraid of him. I think that confirms that um, the soldiers before had uh, ill intent toward Elijah on behalf of the king, right? But now the angel's saying, you don't have to fear these guys. You can go with them. All right, so it says, So he arose and went down with him to the king and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Because you have sent messengers to inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron, is it because there is no God in Israel to inquire of his word? That keeps coming up, right? That's a key point in this chapter. You're seeking a false God when the real God is here. You could seek him now, but instead you're acting like there's no God here and you're seeking this false foreign God. He says, therefore, you shall not come down from, your, from the bed to which you have gone up, but you shall surely die. In other words, the reason why you're going to die, King Ahaziah, is because you have turned from the Lord, the true and living God, and you have turned to seek out this false God as if the true God doesn't exist. Right? So the reason for your death is your idolatry. It's, again, a judgment. Right? That's the reason why the king is not going to recover. And then the, the Lord's word is fulfilled. Verse 17 says, So he died according to the word of the Lord that Elijah had spoken. Jehoram became king in his place in the second year of Jehoram, the son of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, because Ahaziah had no son. Now the rest of the acts of Ahaziah that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? Now, there's a confusing point in here. It confused me until I started looking um, at a, a reference that helped clear it up for me, a reference book. And um, it looked like... Uh, there was one Jehoram here who's the next king in Israel, but that there was that Jehoram was also the son of Jehoshaphat, who's the king of Judah. But in fact, there are two Jehorams. It's, it's quite confusing, right? There's Jehoram who's becoming king of Israel now that uh, Ahaziah has died, and then there's another Jehoram who's king of Judah. Right, so there are two different Jehorams being spoken of there. But the main thing going on here is just confirming that Elijah's word that he spoke on behalf of the Lord was fulfilled, that Ahaziah died because of his idolatry, just as God said. And that's the theme that runs all throughout these books. Again, it goes all the way back to when Israel was broken off from Judah after the death of Solomon and, and Jeroboam set up those two idols in Dan and Beersheba, uh, all the way to the exile of Israel when they're carried into exile by uh, the Assyrians, all through, right, the problem in Israel is idolatry. They are unfaithful to the Lord. They're turning to other gods, uh, worshiping images. They're not faithful to the Lord. But what we see in that is God's amazing patience. God says that he is long-suffering, Right, that he is, he is slow to anger. And we see that in the history of the kings. If you, just, if you flip through First and Second Kings and see how many kings rose and fell who continued to lead Israel into idolatry, who continued to walk in the ways of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, that meaning continuing to do his idolatry and, and uh, perhaps other things as well, um, that generation after generation, king after king continued in that pattern and God remained patient. God showed mercy to them. Their judgment was a long time in coming. And that reminds us how patient God is with us. Uh, right? We see God sending Elijah 
to speak to Ahaziah, to rebuke him, to confront him. Um, God over and over and over sends his prophets to call his people back to him because he loves them, because he's patient with them. And he's no less patient with us. Uh, he, he's slow to anger, he says about himself. He's, he's merciful, he's gracious, he's slow to anger, he's abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. So why would we turn to anyone else? Why would we turn to any other God to seek answers, to seek satisfaction, to seek um, you know, whatever it is uh, we're seeking, right? God alone is the one who can heal, who can forgive, who can save, who can satisfy our hearts because our hearts were made for Him, to be in fellowship with Him. And so the message of 1 Kings uh, over and over and over is it's foolish to turn to idols. It's foolish to turn away from God. God is patient toward His people, but those who persist in idolatry and don't turn back to the Lord will be judged. But those who turn to the Lord will find Him merciful and gracious and patient. So turn from idols and trust in the one true and living God. Amen.